1: You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash ColinTireRack.com The way tire buying should be.
2: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap
0: music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment
2: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
3: What's up, everybody? Jason McIntyre here. Straight Fire! Monday, November 30th, final day of the month of November. Hope everybody had a phenomenal Thanksgiving weekend. Mine was spectacular until the NFL game started and then some things fell apart. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Um, December is nearly upon us. I want to tease the guest we're going to have for Wednesday's podcast. It is a tremendous guest. We've got him booked. Not totally sports, but I think you're going to like this guy. I'm not going to give any uh, heads up on this, but for sure, you're going to dig it. It's going to be incredible. Uh, So definitely remember Wednesday's podcast. We will be bringing more straight fire, even more than usual. As always, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for the glowing remarks on iTunes, iTunes, even on Spotify, even on social media, guys, you guys are too, too nice and too kind, and we're going to continue to bring you the goods. Let's get started. Week 12 in the NFL. It's tough not to start here. <laughs> you know, Tom Brady once again falling apart, and he's starting to look the part of the 43-year-old quarterback that we thought maybe could rear his ugly head in the second half of the season. We've referenced the Peyton Manning issues when he was in his final season in Denver. But the problem here is Tom Brady's butting heads with a 68-year-old head coach who's set in his ways, and we're seeing the friction bubble up. There was a report that Rob G. sent me over the weekend. Just stunning quotes, uh, essentially referencing the movie Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze. I know you guys have seen it. I love to reference bad 80s movies. This is a great 80s movie. And the premise is Patrick Swayze is a bouncer. He's a legendary bouncer in the Midwest. And everybody knows him as a cooler. He apparently, uh, that's the name for a bouncer. You uh, get everybody to cool down and take it outside. And that's what the great bouncers do. And everybody who meets Patrick Swayze, their first thing in the movie is, I thought you'd be bigger. And the one report about Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, kind of damning. It's from a guy named Dan Graziano. Dan Graziano at ESPN, he said, Bruce Arian, Arians and Tom Brady just met, right? It's almost like Arians was watching some sort of movie star action hero, then met him in person and said, I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> That's brutal. Now, we will say this. Brady started out the season, 20 touchdowns and four interceptions. Again, beginning of, this, uh, of the month of November, folks, he was an MVP candidate. And then the last four games happened. And it has been just... Unbelievably bad for Tom Brady. He cannot, he can't do anything right. He has seven interceptions combined in the last four games, struggled against the Saints, struggled yesterday against the Bucs. I know they got the cover and they came back, but they were never in that game. 27 10 in the fourth quarter, get out of here, okay? The Bucs never had a chance in that game. And Brady also did not deliver against the Rams. And they have lost three of four. Again, seven picks in the last four games. And I don't want to say Arians and Brady are oil and water, but the potential for it to get ugly this week is high because the Buzzards, AKA the media, they're sensing blood. They know what's happening. They know these two are on a collision course. Brady's struggling with the deep pass, a lot of miscommunication with the receivers. And to go back to something we pointed out, this was in September, guys. We pointed this out in September. If you watch the game against the Chargers, and you watch the game even against Denver, Arians has his philosophy, which dates back to Carson Palmer in Arizona, and Big Ben, where he won two Super Bowls uh, with the Steelers. He wants the quarterback to drop back and chuck it. He wants deep bombs, and Tom Brady can't deliver that. But you knew what you were getting! It's like you'd start dating a girl... And you don't want a girl who's a party animal. But you knew that when you met her and you're hoping to maybe change her ways. You're not going to change Tom Brady's ways. There was a stretch in uh, Chiefs Bucks where the announcer said Brady had missed his last 20 passes of 20 or more air yards. He just can't connect on the deep ball. Now, he did hit a couple uh, when the game was out of reach. And he helped them come back and get in it. But ultimately, Tom Brady... Made this decision to go to Tampa. He had the Chargers as an option. And, you know, (laughs) given how poorly Anthony Lynn has done. And don't get me friggin' started on the ending of Chargers Bills. Because I I had to actually cool down. Folks, I walked outside. I knew I was going to get angry and heated. I was already very, very irate. And um, I had to walk outside and cool down. That's how pissed off Anthony Lynn and the Chargers got me. I I refuse to revisit it. I'm sorry. At any rate, Brady had those two choices because if you remember, and Rob found this great story where Giselle went to Robert Kraft of the Patriots and said, you know what? Tom Brady's won six damn Super Bowls. He deserves better than what Bill Belichick is saying about him in front of the team, in the film room. This is unacceptable. And I guess Brady couldn't really stand up to Bill or didn't want to, which is, you know, listen, Belichick is a gruff dude. Um, and ultimately Giselle and Brady said, we're out by peace and they are relocating to Tampa. And listen, Arians, as I said, 68 year old guy kind of set in his ways. And ultimately they're going to have to figure this out quickly because right now this has the whiff of a one and done, uh, Tampa Bay Bucs team. Now maybe they get lucky and go on the road to face an NFC East winner, uh, which might be the giants at this point. Uh, we'll get to the Eagles game tonight. Could be Washington, Um, I do believe Tampa Bay would handle either of those two teams. I know Washington's defense can get after the quarterback, but I would assume the Tampa offensive line is healthy at that point. Ultimately, though, the Bucs right now look like maybe a team that could win one game in the postseason. I don't know what the solution is between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, but this ain't going to work. they got to figure out something. Either Arians has to say, yo, I'm going to let you do you, Tom. Go with the underneath stuff. And uh, this chuck it and duck it is not working for Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. So Bucks dropped to seven and five. All is not lost. They have a bye this week. Maybe they can get right, uh, and, and Tampa can figure out some things. And you know they can uh, huddle up after the bye and get hot there at the end. But ultimately, right now, I don't like where things are headed. And I do wanna, I do wanna quickly chime in on Tony Romo. Tony Romo and Nance called the Bucks Chiefs game. And I like Tony Romo a lot as an announcer. He's kind of freewheeling. He's energetic. Uh, he, he's got good energy when it comes to highs and lows in the game. I, I like Tony Romo a lot. But maybe it was just me, but he was bending over backward to defend Tom Brady Sunday. Everything was, what's with what these play calls for Bruce Arians? Mike Evans, you got to turn around. This, this is a hot route. How could they not do? Every single thing that Tony Romo was criticizing was everything around Tom Brady. And yes, I get it, Tom Brady. New play sheet, new offense, new offensive coordinator, new city, new everything. And there is a learning curve. It's been three months. I know there was no preseason, but after three months, at what point do we stop giving Brady a little bit of a pass here, Tony? And I do want to just push back a little bit on Romo and say, listen, when Brady's bad, you gotta say he's bad. Like he made a great, great deep pass to Godwin in the third quarter. His probably his best ball of the season. It was like, oh, there's the old Tom Brady hitting on a deep bomb. It was awesome. The very next play, Brady underthrows. I, I think it was Evans on the sideline. It was easily picked off. It's like, what what are you doing, Tom? And and took the highs and lows. He's old, man. All right, let's move on to what I think is the second biggest story in the NFL coming out of Week 12, and there were a lot of them. I think Saturday, folks, was probably the craziest Saturday I could remember in all my years following the NFL Uh, between a, a coach and Matt Patricia fired, the COVID outbreak, which we'll get to shortly, the Broncos having no quarterbacks. And with all this stuff out there, I mean, we had seven backup quarterbacks starting in the NFL Sunday. Seven. We're forgetting the greatness of Pat Mahomes. And we have used the LeBron analogy far too frequently here. But again... Patrick Mahomes, are you seeing the ridiculousness? It's to the point where it's like, oh, Mahomes did that? Okay, cool. We've seen it. Nice job, Pat. All right. Way to go, Pat. Folks, Patrick Mahomes on the season, 30 touchdowns, two interceptions. Of all the madness coming out of Sunday, and there was a lot, Patrick Mahomes had 359 passing yards in the first half, the most of anybody in the NFL in the last 40 years. You understand that? Nobody had a better first half of a football game passing in the last 40 years than Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. And he's the number two topic here. And I guarantee you, he's not even top five anywhere else on whatever other podcast you listen to. His greatness is just getting overshadowed. It's ridiculous. And the smartness, is that even a thing, smartness, of Andy Reid to instantly attack Carlton Davis, who's a very good number two cornerback. But their number one, Jamel Dean, the guy who had a pick six of Aaron Rodgers a few weeks back, their highest-rated quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. He was out. Dean was out. They put Davis on Tyreek Hill. What did Andy Reid and Mahomes do? Right out the jump. Tyreek Hill, four catches for 133 yards and a touchdown in the first eight minutes. This is just smart football. Right now, nobody's doing it better than Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if... Like, I don't know if we're going to have adjectives After his third year as a starter, that's where we are. His third year. The greatness is legit, folks. Patrick Mahomes on the road in his career, 20-4. and Has lost by three points, three points, seven points, and three points. And I decided to go back. He has four regular season losses in his last 25 games. They lost to the Raiders. The defense gave up 40 points. They lost to Tennessee last year. And I know this was a crazy game because I had money. On the Chiefs. Kicker botched two kicks in the final like six minutes. Totally blew it. Titans won. Lucky. Total luck box. They lost to Houston and Deshaun Watson 31-24. Great game from Deshaun Watson. And they ran the football, played keep away. Again, it's on the Chiefs defense. The one game you could say Mahomes was really flustered was the Colts game. They lost to the Colts 19-13 last year. It was the game that made Matt Eberflus. He's now the... Uh, hottest defensive coordinator in the league. Probably Mike will get a head coaching job in this offseason. Robert Salah of the Niners probably has something to say about that. But Iberflus really shut down Mahomes. That That was an amazing performance. And otherwise, he's been lights out. I mean, we're talking about a guy, folks. You know, we're seeing it. He's in his third year. What did they give him? $500 million? Is that his contract? It almost looks like a discount. Short of some absolutely crazy stuff. Um, Tyreek Hill kicked out of the league. Andy Reid just decided to retire and wear Hawaiian shirts for the rest of his life in, in Key West. I don't know what's stopping Patrick Mahomes from being the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. And It's weird. We just watched Tom Brady, and he's 43. Mahomes is 20, what, 25 years old? It's crazy. Uh, and Pat Mahomes is the like second greatest story in the NFL Sunday. Now, the third greatest story Uh, And I I think I like this one a little more than a lot of people, but this idea of a COVID bubble for each NFL team to me is fascinating because we've seen a Baltimore Ravens team, and we'll talk about them a little more on uh, tomorrow's podcast. 22 players at last check on the COVID list. I counted seven starters from the Baltimore Ravens offense have COVID. Not on the contact trace list, they have it. They're out. <laughs> okay, they tested positive. Seven starters of 11. Obviously, you can't play a game with that. It's going to be practice squad, guys. And I think this was the weekend that opened the NFL's to eyes to, hey, guys, we got to bubble up. Because we're seeing Thanksgiving weekend, and this is, the, this is the theme, COVID. Coming out of Thanksgiving weekend nationally, unfortunately, it looks like probably COVID is going to be big. A lot of people traveling. Well, What do you think is going to happen Christmas week? Okay. Christmas week lines up with week 16. i checked the schedule. There is a Christmas Day game. Viking Saints should be a good one. Uh, And then there's games the 27th. Week 17 is January 3rd. When you factor in Christmas, New Year's Eve, I would assume people are going to be smart for New Year's Eve, but you know what happens when you assume you make an ass of you and me. And I do believe the NFL would be smart to have the Definitely have the best teams. But also the, you know, the also rans. The Jets stink, but they need to be in a bubble because if they're out, you can't play the game. I think you've got to have every team bubble up in a hotel probably for the final four weeks. It's going to be expensive, but it's going to have to be done. Um, heading into the playoffs. Cause you you can't have what unfolded in Denver where one quarterback tested positive and due to contact tracing, because nobody was wearing their mask in the room, they had no quarterback available. You can't have that for a playoff game. It's just unacceptable. That cannot happen. I mean, for instance, the Colts this week, folks, um, their leading running back, leading rusher, Jonathan Taylor, COVID, his girlfriend tested positive, or, or was like in contact tracing or had some kind of contact with someone. So Jonathan Taylor lives with her. He's out. They're not playing him. Their best run stopper, DeForest Buckner, COVID. Out. Derrick Henry has a monster day. Had like a buck fifty in the first half. Um and the Colts, they got their doors kicked in. It was it was ugly. Colts got destroyed. They were missing five starters, some COVID, some injury. But again, we can't have this stuff in the playoffs. I don't want my NFL playoffs. Plus the NFL, you know, the league partners, uh commissioner that nobody wants the playoffs ruined by COVID. So I think this idea of a COVID bubble, every team in a hotel, locked down is going to work. Players won't like it, but guys, it's 4 weeks. Come on. Um and my final big story um, that that I I don't know how you get around this week twelve in the NFL is underdogs and their dominance. Obviously, before Sunday Night Football and the Packers Bears Laughter um, underdogs totally dominated in week twelve. And you know I made a couple mistakes, a couple late mistakes. I love Tennessee. I think we talked about it on the podcast. I ultimately backed off of them like an idiot. Um, I really liked Atlanta against Rob G's Raiders. I saw Julio Jones, probably not going to play, then didn't play. I said, oh, I'm not backing them. They kill, kill, kill the Raiders. We'll get to that in a second. Um, And and I settled on some some big favorites. And in the final three minutes, you know, the Browns get denied on what I thought was a job, awful call by the refs on fourth and one. And Mike Glennon goes the length of the field for a touchdown in like like two minutes left. And, of course, there was a total bullshit call, uh, a late hit on the quarterback on 4th and 10 after they got the stop. I'm mean, like, come on. It, it felt like the game was rigged. That was livid. Um, and then, of course, the New York Giants. Uh, they let Brandon Allen of the Bengals do absolutely nothing. All the Bengals got all game long was a kickoff return for a touchdown. Giants dominated that game soup to nuts. They fumbled in the red zone, still led 19-10 in the fourth quarter. Like five minutes left. And then they get two fluky calls and like a 20-yard play, and boom, the Bengals score and backdoor me. And, you know, it was a tough one, guys. Uh, luckily, the Saints came through the easiest game of the weekend. But um, I, I just got it. The underdogs in the NFL are crushing this year, and I didn't have a lot of dogs this weekend. Rob G., I want to quickly get your thoughts on your Raiders who, you know, coming into this game, look like a team that was competitive. Uh, Derek Carr was having a fantastic season. Um Everything was going right for your Raiders. Uh, what did they win? They, you know, they competitive against the Chiefs. They had won you know, three of four. Their only losses were, uh, you know, in the last, the, the real losses were to the Bills. It was a playoff team, nine and two. They lost to Tom Brady and the Bucks. They lost to Mahomes, acceptable. And then they come out and get embarrassed by the Falcons. What do you have to say about your team?
4: Well, there's no excuses to be made. I mean, they just didn't show up. And and it was frustrating because during the broadcast, you heard them on CBS talking about how, well, you know, they changed their, their practice schedule to practice in the morning this season so they could be better prepared for these East Coast early games. And then they show up in Atlanta, and it's like they completely forgot everything they did against Kansas City that made them successful. And it was just penalties. It was, you know, a poor I mean, Derek Carr's got small hands or whatever. He kept fumbling the football. (laughs) You know, Josh Jacobs, you know, uh, trucked some guy into oblivion, and they called a targeting penalty, and that got wiped away. Oh, yeah. So it was just a series of things that went wrong, and surprisingly enough, their defense actually uh, held firm for a quarter and a half, which was incredible. And then it was just too many turnovers. It was just a rough game. It was one of those games where – I said on Twitter that I was watching it on a delay because of the stream. It was like two minutes behind. So I was staying off Twitter. Mm. And then like middle of the third quarter, I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'll go back on Twitter. I'm like, I'm not really missing much on this one anymore. So we move on. Yeah. I, uh,
3: I, I got to say, I saw an incredible stat that's probably going to break your heart. But the Raiders had 11 penalties, 141 penalty yards, five turnovers, were sacked five times and gave up 43 points. Since 1940, no NFL team had hit those thresholds in a single game. And I know that's a lot of stuff baked in, hey, a lot of penalties, but it is basically like a complete meltdown, like total in every facet of the game. And I mean, does that worry you at all going forward, given the New York Jets are on the horizon for your Raiders? And no, we will not have a side bet. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. Well,
4: that. you know that... Um what started their downfall last season was the loss of the Jets. So it's kind of yes interesting that it's happening again. But you know what? It's one of those games, like you mentioned, it was such a all-time bad performance, it's hard to take a whole lot from it. Like, I'd be more upset, and I was actually watching this game at my uh, brother-in-law's house yesterday. what well, He's a big Rams fan. So we had the Rams on the big TV against the Niners. I would have been more upset if the Raiders lost the game like the way the Rams did, where a team that's not going anywhere – you're in first place contention, and it's not that you didn't just play bad. It was just like you had it there, and you, you even got the lead late in the fourth quarter, and you still blew it. Like the, the Raiders just didn't show up, so it's easier to kind of dismiss a loss that's that bad rather than one where you have it, and you shouldn't blow it, and you still find a way to blow it. So I think that, that wasn't too bad for me.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,
2: free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All
3: right, so that kind of wraps up week 12 in the NFL. I, you know, the playoff picture is becoming a little more clear. And I, I, I got to say, at this point, um, a, a couple te- – I mean, there's really only four Super Bowl contenders, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Kansas City Chiefs. I, 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 I got to be honest, I don't know if there's anyone else – in, in the AFC that I would consider a legit Super Bowl contender, would you? Are the Buffalo Bills in that group?
4: No. And I, I, I said before the season I had the uh, the Packers and the Chiefs. So I feel good about those two teams. At least when it came down to, especially this season with COVID and, and teams not having training camp, things like that, is you wanted some continuity. And I think that you're seeing the teams that are rising to the top are the ones that have kind of been together for a little while and... They can kind of get through these rough waters, not being able to practice every day, having a Zoom call, everything. So I think you're seeing that kind of rise to the top. Um, One thing I did want to ask you about, though, is you mentioned Matt Patricia getting fired on Saturday. Uh, On Sunday, the Jags fired their GM, and I'm assuming that they may cut ties with their coach, too, once the new GM comes in. So right now, we have four coaching vacancies open, Falcons, Texans, Lions, Jets, I'm a, well, Jets
3: Jets is technically not a. Well, you yet. know what I mean. It's the worst. You kept, know yeah, what yeah, I yeah. mean.
4: Okay, and potentially Jags. I'm assuming Anthony's gonna get fired with the Chargers, and again, kind of like Adam Gase, it's only a matter of time before Matt Nagy gets fired uh, right. with the Bears. So, of those, what was that seven teams? Which ones do you think are most attractive, least attractive, as we head down the home stretch?
3: Well, I, I listen, I got to remove the Jets from this because I'm a homer, and I would say the Jets. You get the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. You get a lot of cap room. They don't have a lot of other talent, but I'd much rather take the Jets than uh, the, the like the Houston Texans. I like Deshaun Watson, but that team, that roster has no talent, um, especially on defense. Falcons, you know, Raheem Morris is doing well, four and two uh, since taking over. I don't personally think he's going to get it. I, it sounds like BNME might be in the mix there. They've got talent, but that division, and I don't know. It feels like a snake-bitten franchise since that Super Bowl loss. I mean, they should be better than they are, but I I, I guess it's a pretty good job. Um, Detroit Lions, I think. I would take the Lions job over the Falcons. People laugh. I mean, you look at the age... And the talent of the first-round picks. And the Detroit Lions are loaded with talent. Now, the problem is, Patricia was trying to scheme up what Belichick had. So the next guy, if he doesn't like that, the man, the, like the bum rush four, uh, don't blitz, drop into a man coverage. If he doesn't like that, then you're going to have to totally like rejigger the roster. Um, but ultimately, I like Swift a lot. You're going to have to re-sign Galladay. Lions have talent. Jags is, uh, that's a tough one. They're, they're a few years away. I actually think the Chargers have the best head coaching opening in the league. Justin Herbert, once again, delivering. Uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Did you see him in his first game back? Guy's been out like eight weeks, and he's utterly dominant against the Bills. Um, Joey Bosa on the defense. The defense needs some work still, but overall, I would say the Chargers job is the best. The Bears feel like they're light years away from competing. There's so little talent on that team. And the Denver Broncos as well. They need a quarterback. I, I don't know if Fangio gets fired, but it sounds like he might. Uh, Bengals have something to work with with Burrow, but you know their offensive line is very, very shaky. Their, their defense lacks talent. I guess I would rank it Chargers 1, Jets 2, Lions 3. I, I'm actually right there with you.
4: And it's funny that we both—you mentioned right off the top— that the Texans' job doesn't seem that all attractive to you. And I would agree. And even though I think Deshaun Watson is far and away the best player in that group, because, you know, we still don't know what Trevor Lawrence is going to be yet. But um, with Justin Herbert, we've seen plenty of guys have one great season and then kind of taper off. And I feel like Deshaun Watson has kind of proven that he's at least a upper third, maybe top 10-ish quarterback, maybe higher, depending what what you think about him. But there's something about that roster. Even watching them on on Thanksgiving against what was the Lions, I I wasn't impressed at all with really what I saw from them in in, in any way, shape, or form. And I don't know. They don't have any draft picks to really get any better around them, and the the, the division is only getting better with the Titans and the Colts, and eventually the Colts are going to get a quarterback there too. So I don't know if that is as attractive of a job as I think people think on Twitter because of Deshaun Watson.
3: Yeah, I know. 100% agree with you. Um, by the way, I would keep an eye on betting on the Lions this week. Um, y- you saw so many people, and I know you watch the social media, Rob, so many former Lions and current Lions chiming in on Patricia, and you wonder, all those guys who were on the injury list, are they going to all of a sudden, okay, I'm better, I'm better, I'm ready to go. Are, are we going to see any of that? I don't. If we start to see, hey, Kenny Galladay's a full go, he, he's in. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, there's a talent on that team, uh, and maybe Patricia was the problem, um, yeah, that, uh, it's an ugly situation in Detroit, um, also, quick note, how about the Arizona Cardinals, man, my Cardinals to the playoff ticket is in jeopardy because Cliff Kingsbury, what the hell is he doing, uh, and the rookie Isaiah Simmons with an idiotic 15-yard late hit penalty on Cam Newton there in the final, like 45 seconds, helping gift them a 50-yard field goal. I mean, the Cardinals are way better than their 6-5 and five record indicates. Man, I got to say, Kingsbury effed up the end of the first half. You know, they end up getting a touchdown pulled on third down, and then they fail on fourth down, going into the half, no points. Open the second half and get nothing. I mean, it's like unbelievable. Kingsbury's really struggling He's got to unleash Kyler, man. Are you surprised that Cliff Kingsbury,
4: who got fired from his alma mater in college, <laughs> is struggling in the NFL?
3: Yeah, it's the it's the in game stuff. It's the in the red zone stuff. I, I, I don't know what to tell. I mean, he's got Hopkins. He's got Drake. He, he's got Murray. They got talent. Um, yeah, that that concerns me a little bit. But they're not going to do anything. That duo is way too strong. Kingsbury's just got to be better. He's got to stay aggressive, but. In a smart way. If he had just, and, I, and I'm okay going for it on fourth and one from the one, but if he'd settled for three, you get the ball back first, second half, and you can call plays differently when you're up six as opposed to three. Right? Right. You, okay, hey, let's get another field goal. We got a two-score lead. You could, I, I just, it was the mindset. It was so deflating. Drake, like, refused to go to the locker room. He was so stunned that they took the touchdown away from him. He was just, like, standing there dumbfounded. And you could tell that stuff carries over. Uh, I forget who it is, but somebody loves to talk about the final four minutes of the half and the first four minutes of the second half. If you can win that, that time, it's a big mindset deal, and it really can have a huge impact on the game. You go into the locker room strong. You come out of the locker room strong. It's going to be indicative of a winning team, and we did not see that at all from the Cardinals on Sunday. Well, speaking of our right, winning get, teams, and oh. sorry, I mean
4: to cut you off again. I know that we got the best bet coming up. I know that you're really anxious ah, to I get back it. in the winning ways. Yes, yes But, you know, gosh. I think it kind of a good tie in there because we didn't get too much into the Sunday night game because obviously obvious reason. It was a blowout. But, you know, Monday night we got the Eagles. And in both cases, you had Matt Nagy of the Bears, Doug Peterson of the Eagles, both guys, Andy Reid disciples, who mm. have kind of really been exposed, I would say, the last year and a half, two seasons. Absol- like, that, they've just been disappointing, to say the least, as, as play callers and offensive gurus. Do you think that come offseason coaching Carousel with Eric Bieniemy, because he doesn't mm-hmm. call the most of the play. I don't think he calls any plays, to be honest with you, in, in Kansas City. Maybe he has a, a role in the game plan, but I, I'm almost positive that Andy Reid is actually the one calling the plays in Kansas City. Do you think that there's going to be a GM or an owner who says, yeah, you know, the enemy was good with Mahomes, but look, it's Mahomes. He's, he's really good. And if you look back at these last two Andy Reid guys, like, what are they doing? Do you think this is going to hurt him mm. come uh, uh, Interesting hiring thought. cycle?
3: So, so, I mean, Nagy had success out of the gate in Chicago. Um, but no, see, but they the were playoffs. winning, but he
4: wasn't actually successful as an offensive coach. It was just their defense was so good. The defense was so
3: good with Khalil Mack, yeah. And, and that helped Maserati, Mitch, Trubisky deliver a little bit, right? And I guess you could, if you look at his offense, you he, his argument could be, well, I never got my quarterback. Well, I mean, who drafted Mitch Trubisky, in the, you know, in the top 10? Like, that was on you guys. You made that decision. The front office and the coach, should, they should kind of be aligned. Um, I. It, it, listen, it's it's tough for the, a lot of these assistants. You look at all the Belichick guys. I don't know who the hell is going to want to hire Josh McDaniels, given every single Patriots assistant has gone on to fail under from Belichick. Like, it's tough when you branch out on your own. A lot of these guys are made to be, you know, uh, not the head guy, and they're built to be coordinators. Um, and a lot of these guys get their chance, and it's just not happening. I uh, oof, I don't know, man. I Listen, I know a lot. Every time we talk— jets head coaching opening people are like why don't you want to get behind me? what do you have against the enemy and i mean i haven't articulated it but the way you just put it every, what have the andy Reid guys done is a little alarming um and i know doug peterson uh won a super bowl and everybody wants to mention that well you know doug peterson it could be in some trouble in philly i read a story about the owner was in on some, like, team meetings, and I guess he was unhappy with what he saw or heard and, like, ended up walking out on them. And, uh, listen, I... I, It's tough to fire a guy who just won a Super Bowl,
0: but it is ugly in Philadelphia, which brings us to the best bet. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage,
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.
2: free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet.
3: Best bet one and two over the weekend. Kansas City bucks over did not happen. Kansas City, I mean, geez, they go to the red zone three times in the first half. Don't get any touchdowns when they should have. And Bucks come back, but it's too little, too late. Chargers plus five and a half. My gosh, I refuse to discuss that. Just go look at the play-by-play. Go see what happened at the end of the game. Uh, vomiting in my mouth. I think the Chargers had two fourth-quarter turnovers also. Uh, uh, 49ers plus seven hit. They win outright. Felt good about that one. The one that hurts if you listen to the Friday podcast. I, I said, I want to take the, the, the Saints. I want to take the Saints. This was before... Any of this quarterback stuff. I want to take the Saints, but I can't. It's too big of a favorite, blah, blah, blah. Saints cruise. And um, it, it was a no contest. So when you're in one of these funks, as I have been, three of the last four weeks, I, just nothing. And it sucks because the first seven weeks were so awesome. I was. Why do you think I started doing the big money giveaways on the podcast, guys? Giving away money because of success of the gambling. And now three of the last four weeks... I can't hit can't anything. It's really painful and frustrating. I, I don't know what's going on. And now I'm supposed to take Baltimore, right? As 10-point underdogs on the road, must-win spot. And I'm supposed to take the Eagles, getting seven on Monday Night Football, right? You got to take the home team. You got to hold your nose and take it, Jason. And guys, sometimes when you're on tilt and you're struggling... You do things that you shouldn't, um, and I know, No, and I can understand it if you guys are going to hear this and say, Jason, man, he's losing his mind. He just took the friggin' Eagles. Carson Wentz leads the league in sacks taken. Carson Wentz leads the NFL in interceptions. I mean, you're going to bet on that guy? Unfortunately, I am. I, uh, I'm putting it in the account uh, this morning. Philadelphia Eagles, plus six and a half, and... um it's going to be an ugly Monday night. Listen, if this goes, you know, DK Metcalf gets a couple early TDs, it's 14 nothing. I'll be turning off the game. I guarantee you that. I, I can't stomach another loss with these loser Eagles. A, a lot of professionals were on the Eagles last week against the Browns and they lost. And I watch that closely because I did not have the Eagles. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad I didn't follow those, you know, big $50,000 bets, $100,000 bets. I'm not touching the Eagles I'm, I'm taking them tonight. I, I do a show on Sundays, Talk the Line for Fox Sports with Clinton Portis and Jeff Schwartz. And they both love Seattle in this one. And I'm like, you know, guys, this is still a professional football team. This is a prideful Philadelphia Eagles team. I know there's no home field advantage. Um, really, we're, we're giving one of the worst defenses in NFL history in terms of yardage. We're giving them six and a half. I got to take it. So I'm going to give my best bet out. I'm going to take a big gulp, you know, six and a half Eagles. I need it. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the game. We'll be back tomorrow.
0: Talk to you then. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,